You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. Got us a new little backdrop here, just getting ready for the Pittsburgh game. I know we're uh, just hanging out over top of Akershire Stadium. Now nah, we're, we're still going to call it Heinz Field. Man, that's Heinz Field, man. I know Heinz Field when I see it. <laughs> exactly how you doing tim man doing good man it's a nice saturday good good way to end the day man little packers total access ready to go man how you doing i'm doing good man got me a cup of coffee trying to stay awake you know uh, i know you said you took a nap earlier too man i crashed out so uh man it sucks getting old it sucks getting old but, um anyway we got all kinds of people here in the chat we got omer in the house we've got josh martin um united Bates, larry up in here marbley ian Appreciate you guys swinging through. Um, good to see all you guys in here. United Bates always leading the charge. I love it, man. Let's go to the super chat real quick. Josh Martin, thank you for the super chat. He says, "We need to go seven and two in the next nine games. Tough task, very tough task, no doubt about it." Um, so yeah, nine. What would that do? That would give us what eleven wins? Is that right, Tim? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. All right, so yeah, I think eleven would definitely get you in. Um, Ten might get you in. Some some people believe nine would get you in in the NFC. And it all, you know, is going to be determined by how, you know, things unfold here in the next couple of weeks. There's going to be a lot of games to watch tomorrow for sure as we're, uh, we start into the second half of the season. Um, I just think it's cool that we've got an opportunity, right, to put ourselves in a position to make the playoffs. Um, highly unlikely with where we sit right now at three and five, obviously. But, you know, we, we went into the season kind of talking about, all right, it looks like it's probably going to be six to ten wins. We're sitting right there in that ballpark, Tim. Um, now yep. let's see if they can overperform, right, outperform that that take. Or, uh, you know, if they fall short, depends on how short they fall, we'll determine uh, whose jobs are on the line and whose aren't, right? So uh, what do you what think, man? Looking... You feel good about that going seven and two in the next nine games? What do you think, yeah. man? I mean, you know me. I'm an optimist. I, I, I believe in our team uh, almost to a fault. I, I fan with my heart a lot. Um, but I'll tell you this, the Packers got to do 
something first before we could even talk about, you know, seven and two or nine and zero oh down the stretch, whatever we want to say is they, they have to win this football game tomorrow because they have not won two games in a row all year. This team has to prove to themselves and to us that they can win back to back ball games. So you get this dub tomorrow and you build from that. You're on a two game win streak. You're coming back home. You got the Chargers, a Charger team that's not a pushover, but a team that is certainly someone you can beat. And then we start talking about, okay, let's go on a run. We got tough games coming up with Detroit and and Kansas City, you know, probably looking at maybe dropping at least one of those. I I, I believe that we can win one of those. Um, but no, it starts starts tomorrow. First things first. Let's let's get our second win in the row for the first time this year, you know. Let's win back-to-back games, man. Build, keep building momentum moving forward. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Evaluation, creating momentum, and carrying that momentum into next year, right? Yep. Um, that's going to be the big test for me. And and uh, I don't know, man, I, I'm really excited to see uh, Carrington Valentine and even a little bit of, of, of Valentine out there as well, Corey. Oh, Valentine. I got to shout out my wife since we're, we're mentioning this. My wife came up with a with the name, man. She, you ready for this? Let's hear it. She said, well, uh, we might get to see Bal and Val tomorrow. Oh, let's go, dude. I like it. Bal and Val on the, on the Val. sidelines. That's, that's what's up. That's your corners more than likely tomorrow, right? Bal and Val, let's get it. Imagine spending – I love your optimism. Imagine spending two first-round picks on corners and neither of them being out there. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Dude, it's like how in the world – We got two oh, seventh-rounders. Wait, was Valentine uh, a, a sixth or seventh round? Or That's was a he... great question. That's I'm not a, sure. We, we got to get on that. We'll go to the chat for that one. Guys, look it up for us. When was Valentine drafted? Or was he undrafted? Why, okay. Yeah, was he even drafted? Well, that would be a story, right? Right. Larry in here bringing the, bringing the facts. He says, thank you to all who have, who have served the good old USA and the uh, countries of our allies. Amen. Well, to that, man. I like that, Larry. And the countries of our allies. I like that. And our man United Bates, obviously a, a man who's laid his life on the line for the country, uh, says right on. Happy Veterans Day. Absolutely love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, let's see here. Ian in the chat says Jordan Love's going to show up tomorrow. What do you think, Tim? You think Jordan comes out and has a big game? I mean, we're going to talk about some of the receiving targets. We might get off track right now, Tim, and jump right into it. But <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about, uh, about Jordan's chances tomorrow, man? Um, I believe in Jordan. I've been carrying the torch for him for a while. And um, – you know, more importantly than a big, huge game, you know, we, we talk about getting him over at, uh, you know, 300-yard mark. We'd like to see three, four, hundred yards of passing, you know, a couple tutties, that kind of thing. What I'm looking for is just mistake-free football, um, you know, making the right decision, pre-snap, post-snap, um, trusting yourself, trusting, trusting your receivers. Um, you know, sometimes in order to build trust, you've got to give. You've got to give. You've got to give a little trust and be willing to lay that ball out there. If you see a guy's got a step on his man, throw it. Don't pat the ball. Don't stand in the pocket and go to your second or third progression. If, if you see it, throw it. You know, I'm, I'm looking for mistake-free ball um, out of Jordan, which, you know, we had a pretty good game out of him last week. You know, no picks, nothing crazy. Um, so I'm hoping for just a mistake-free game from him. And, uh, you know, as far as having a huge game, that would be great. That'd be icing on the cake. But how about just mistake-free ball, Throwing uh, in rhythm, on time, on target, um, and we'll go from there. That's that's what I'm looking for, for from Jay Money tomorrow. Definitely. Paul Robertson in the chat says, does Clayton have that big old coffee mug again? Uh-oh. 
Yes, we do, Paul. Yes, we do. Oh man, I got bottled water. I feel I, I'm. I wasn't invited to the party. Sorry. Oh, yeah, hey, there it is. Packed up too, man. Hey, this right here, best water on the planet, Cumberland Gap Spring Water. Sponsor the show. Um, great water. Great water. Um, straight from the the hills of uh of the Cumberland Gap. You know how that goes, Tim. That, that stuff's probably bottled in Chicago or something. <laughs> Who knows, right? Anyway, yeah, we got the big mug out tonight, no doubt. Josh Martin says Clayton still sucks at math. We would end 10 and 5 if we <laughs> won seven games. Math is hard, man. Numbers are hard. So appreciate you clarifying that. All right, let's see what else we got here. Real quick, uh, Carly Ray doing the math or doing the uh, the legwork for us. Um, let's see, Valentine, uh, seventh round. Okay, got it. Valentine was selected in the seventh round. Not second, seventh, she clarifies. And then uh, Valentine. Was drafted in 2019, six-round pick. Um, yeah, 18th pick overall by the Giants. Got it. Okay, cool. Good so, guess there. I, I was close. Sixth yeah. round. All right. Yeah, Still hanging around, man. Still hanging around. And you so, know what, though? At the end of the day, it proves what we said, man. It, it don't matter where you're drafting. Who's producing on the field? You know, right. like, wouldn't be the first time we've had late-round picks end up uh, being key performers for us. You know, we've done this before in Green Bay. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Paul Robertson said Clayton got a chaser, LOL. Now, I ain't no chaser here, man. This is straight espresso with some cream and some sugar. Get you amped up a little bit. When you're old like me and it gets after 7 o'clock, you got to have a little coffee to stay awake and even have a conversation. So that's just the way it goes. I like this one right here. United Bates said, how about the nickname Time Time? All right, okay, throw them out there, guys. I think – I think uh, Mrs. Green is sold on uh, Bow and Bow, though, right? <laughs> so, we'll see right. which one sticks. We'll try them both, you know? Exactly. All right, so you, we kind of talked about, you know, Jordan Love, and obviously thank you for the super chat there. I believe that was uh, Josh Martin. Thank you so much. Um, and, uh, we, you know, the comment about Jordan Love. Uh, when you talk about the targets, you know, if I were to ask you, Tim, and, and I know we kind of talked about this offline, but before I told you, the numbers, right? The efficiency, if you will, who would you say, and you may still feel like that, you know, who would you say is Jordan loves before we talked about it, who would you have said Jordan loves uh, most trusted target? Maybe not trust is the right word. Most efficient target would be just, just kind of, you know, from a bird's eye view watching the season, who would you think? Yeah, that's his go-to guy. Because me originally, it probably would have been Dobbs. I would have thought, Hey, yeah, I was going to say Rome. I was going to say Rome for sure um, would have been my first guess. Yeah. Uh, we've got a little bit, a uh, <laughs> little bit different insight into this though now. Absolutely. So one of the stats that that I like to look at, and the PTA live symbol is actually covering it up. <clears throat> excuse me, is QB rating when targeted. Okay, and what that basically means is what's the quarterback's rating when this receiver or this you know uh, whatever. Weapon, tight end, running back, wide receiver, you know, skilled position, if you will. When they're targeted, what is the quarterback's uh, passer rating, okay? Luke Musgrave, this is all just sorted for the Packers. Luke Musgrave comes in at the top. I think it was 105.5, I believe was what it was. Second is Dontavian Wicks at 101.5. Third is Josiah DeGuara at 100.5, but keep in mind, only eight targets. By the way, doesn't have a drop this year. I think he's caught all eight targets, as a matter of fact. Uh, Jaden Reed, 99.3. Then Aaron Jones, 98.1. 
A.J. Dillon, 97.3. Ben Sims, uh, only two targets, 95.8. Emmanuel Wilson, only three targets, 86.1. Then Romeo Dobbs at 80.2. You got to go all the way down the 12th to find Christian Watson, where the, the passer rating when targeted is 47.9. What's crazy is Christian Watson has zero drops this year, too. And that kind of surprised me because it just kind of feels like every time Jordan goes to him, something goes wrong, right? <laughs> this yep. year's just kind of been bad luck, if you will. Um, so with that being said, Tim, we got to get Luke Musgrave and Dontavian Wicks more more opportunities, man. I mean, you know, Musgrave is on pace, I think they said, to break the Packers rookie receptions record, which is, I think, held by James Lofton, if I understood correctly. So uh, pretty cool stuff that you got two rookies there, right? And then Jaden Reed in the number four spot at 99.3. It kind of goes back to what you just said about the DBs and the late round picks, man. You got to go with the hot hand. You got to go with the guys who are making plays, man. Forget the draft status. I don't care where you were drafted. I don't care how much money you're making. You put the best 11 out there to go win. But that's really exciting stuff about Luke Musgrave. That kind of surprised me. Does that surprise you too? Yeah, it's a bit surprising. Um, you know, again, I'm a I'm a guy who fans with my heart and not my brain as much. I'm trying to trying to get better <laughs> at that. Um, but like you said, it, you know, it has that feel. Like we know about the the relationship that um, you know Dobbs and and uh, J Love have. There's a chemistry there, a connection, off season workouts. Um, you know, he certainly feels like the comfortable target for him, but you know, numbers don't lie. And, you know, this, you know, reminds me of a great point that you made a couple shows ago when we were talking about personnel and what personnel, uh, are we going to run in these situations? And you and I both agreed that, you know, we'd like to see a little less 12, maybe a little more 11. And I think, you know, having this conversation <laughs> makes me want that even more. Let's see 11 personnel. Musgraves that tight end out there and let's utilize him you know we don't need we don't need Musgrave on a sift block we don't you know we we want to see if we can get him going and um you know we've heard Carly Ray talk about the baby giraffe syndrome with yards after the catch with him um I want to see more of it because you know like a baby giraffe the more they they run around they eventually they find their balance and they find their stride. So I think maybe that'll help same thing with our, our baby giraffe, right? You know, Luke Musgrave catching that ball, you know, in space and having a turn up field. I think the more he does it, you know, we're going to see more yards after the catch. And I think he'll look a little more uh, graceful doing it as we move forward. But I'm with you, Clayton, man, we need to get him the ball. Almost like we talk about making sure Aaron Jones gets his touches in this offense so that we can really fire on all cylinders. We need to involve, Luke Musgrave uh, in the passing game, uh, especially, I think, in this matchup. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I don't know. It's just it's exciting to to think of the upside that Musgrave has. And, um, you know, we've talked about it over and over. We knew he was going to be a raw talent, right? Um, he was someone who missed pretty much the whole season last year. But the year before, you go back and watch the tape, you could really see the flashes. There's no doubt about it. Um, I like him on the leaks and being that safety valve, but also, you know, that Y cross, you running that Y crosser, that's that's where he's really going to separate himself, especially if you give two more options the way we like to boot left, two options underneath with another tight end leaking out the other side if you're in 12. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting to see what Musgrave can do. I'd like to see him come up and just have a big game tomorrow. And you get that first touchdown out of the way like he did last week, you know, things can really open up for you. There's no doubt. Everybody in the chat kind of thought the same thing. Dobbs, 
Uh, United Bates says, I was thinking Dobbs. That was Josh Martin that said Dobbs as well. Uh, Josh Martin, yes, yeah, same here. Um, let's see, Bleeding Green, man, just woke up. He said, dang, I'm late. <laughs> Welcome to the chat, buddy. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Carly Ray, we're, we're some stat nuts. Um, I would much rather – she says, man, the stats they keep track of. I would much rather lean on the tape. But you can only watch the tape so many times before you, you know what I mean? You, you want to turn to something else. So we like to cover all the bases. I want the analytics. I want the statistics. I want the PFF grades. I want to watch the tape myself. And I want to try to understand exactly, you know, what approach they're trying to take. Like Tim said, my, my opinion hasn't changed. I, I want to see them in 11 personnel. And if anything, what it means is fresher legs. If you've got Dontavian Wicks, who's really starting to flash, and Paul Brittle talked about it on Twitter. I think he wrote an article on it, how PFF actually has Dontavian Wicks, I mean, well above anyone else on the Packers roster as far as separation that he's created in his routes, right? So it doesn't mean, okay, let's make Dontavian Wicks the number one receiver. But what it does mean is let's say you had a, you know, a 60%, you know, rotational rate, right, with the receivers. Well, why not Why not amp that up a little bit? You know what I mean? Why not have it more of a 50-50, right, and split the split the, the reps? What do you got to lose, right? Um, I, I think it, the more you get him involved and the more chemistry you can create with him and Jordan would be absolutely huge. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, all right, let's see here. We got Tolger with the Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Said, sorry, a bit off topic, but just watch QB school on Bryce Young and what he has to deal with. Love has has it 100 times better. And he puts in parentheses some evil thoughts, but was just thinking, how would Bryce do on the Packers? That's a great question. Um, again, when we talked about it the other night, I think it was me and Jake Shavink actually talked about it on his pod, if I remember correctly. Um, Bryce is surrounded by a dumpster fire. And, and what's crazy is, you know, you bring in Adam Thielen, it's a solid player, right? He's got some pieces around him, but when you bring in Frank Reich, and Frank Reich, of course, bombed out in Indy completely, right? And, of course, people immediately say, well, look look at what Coach Peterson's doing in Jacksonville. The RPO game is still working down there. Yes, it is. There's a lot more pieces in place in Jacksonville, and it just kind of shows you that Doug Peterson was the magic, the magic to that first Philly Super Bowl run, right? Um and uh, Frank Wright got a head coaching job from it by being the OC, obviously. Um, and uh, with that being said, you know, I, I just – you've got to dig a little bit deeper and try to realize, okay, who who really deserves the praise? Not that they want it, but that's how you can determine, okay, what what's making a team go. Like, you look at Detroit, you know, obviously their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, probably going to be a head coach next year. There's a good possibility, right? We're going to find out real quick. Was it more Dan Campbell, who obviously was a tight end in the league, right? Or was it Ben Johnson and his play calling abilities and, and abilities to put together an offensive game plan, right? Um, that's what's beautiful about the league. It's set up for parity, right? So uh, constantly what's going to happen is as soon as the team reaches that, that peak, they're going to get stripped of everyone, right, from their coaching staff. And also they're going to get the worst pick. Right. They're probably using the most cap space. So their cap situation has got to come back back down to earth. All those things that that really creates this rotation of uh, which teams are actually good all the time. That's what makes the NFL so great for sure. And it's Um, why it's so hard to repeat as champion. You know, it's been so long since we've seen back to back titles because of how difficult it truly is to to keep the staff. I mean, I think it's only more difficult probably in. I guess in the college game, right, where you're losing, you're cycling players every couple of years. 
Um, but uh, as far as staff, though, I mean, you want stability. It, it can be tough. It can be tough in this league, you know, yeah. win or win or lose because you guys head start rolling when you're losing, too. Hey, we've heard it here, haven't we? Yeah. Um, you know, that's another thing, too. Look at the Packers, right? They were at the top of the mountain. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they were right there at the at the summit, right? And what happened? Their coaching staff gets completely stripped. Nathaniel Hackett goes to Denver, right? So you replace him with Luke Getze. You do it again, then Luke Getze gets his job. I'm pretty sure there was a year in between those two guys moving on. Luke Getze goes on to be OC in Chicago, right? Which, in my opinion, he's starting to do some pretty remarkable things in Chicago, right? It's starting to kind of come together. But, again, with Coach LaFleur – this entire coaching staff's getting stripped down, right? And he's having to rebuild that. Um, so uh, that's what makes the league great. Again, it's frustrating as a Packer fan because it's like, man, I'd love to keep those guys together. But uh, it's just the way the game goes, right? Um, let's see Paul Robertson here in the chat. says there aren't a lot of tight ends, tight ends that can stretch the field like Musgrave. I completely agree. He's an athletic freak. You know, one of the things that I really wanted to accomplish on that chalk talk where we run, right, I showed the double swing fake Y leak. Um, or what they referred to as Hollywood, uh, was not just him, you know, selling the block, having the hands to make the catch, but the move he put on the safety. Like that mm-hmm. safety thought, okay, this big fella, I just need to rein him in here. He put his foot in the ground and just smoked him, yep. <laughs> you know. And that's a free safety that he smoked. So got a ton of athleticism there for sure. Josh Martin, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says, who's the biggest surprise and disappointment? This is a good one here, Tim. Um, the answer is always – uh, you know, the the first thing that comes to mind, right? The biggest surprise, huh, and it's, and I'm assuming you're talking about a positive, right? The first thing that comes to mind for me is Carrington Ballantyne. Yeah, that's the big one for me. We've seen it in camp. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised, but uh, I just hope he keeps up, you know, the level of play that he's at because, again, just hearing Coach Stoops from Kentucky talk about how he was the emotional leader of that secondary, um, man, it, it's uh, – that's someone that you you want to kind of develop into a young leader on this team in that secondary, especially with Josh. Josh seems to like to play with him too. I mean, he said last week, Tim, there's nobody else I'd rather line up next to than uh, than Carrington Valentine. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool praise from a Pro Bowl caliber corner. But who would who would be your biggest surprise, Tim? You know, I would agree with you. Of course, I'm I'm a defensive uh, guy, so um, Valentine would be on my list, but. In the interest of mixing it up a little, I'll move to the offensive side of the ball and we'll go with Don Wicks. Um, you know, I, I guess surprise might not be the best way to describe him because I think a lot of us really saw some flashes in camp and we kind of expected that he was going to make a, a splash to say the least. But I guess the biggest surprise to me is, um, you know, seeing Don Wicks out there um, in addition to Jaden Reed and you know, we've got guys that I've said this a thousand times. They don't play like rookies. So right. that's a big surprise to me. You know, we we, we were going into this year. And we, hey, we got to be patient, growing pains. And we've had we've had growing pains. Don't get me wrong. We've had some some mistakes here. But I mean, I guess I expected it to be a lot worse with some of these young receivers. And it just hasn't been. And that's a credit to, to, to Dontavian Wicks and uh, guys like Jaden Reed. So I'm going to go with Tay Wicks as my my biggest surprise. Got it. All right. Now, d- disappointment, biggest disappointment this year. Again, you got to go with the, the first thing that comes to mind. And for me, it's Christian Watson. And that's not the dog on Watson. It's not that I'm saying I'm he's a disappointment. He's not a good player. It's just that it didn't click, right? It hasn't clicked yet. Obviously, battling the injuries coming out of camp, all those things. 
Um, I just really, really wanted him to be that that guy that separated himself as the number one receiver. And he may do that here in the second half like he did last year. But that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. And uh, I will say this. Uh, who was it? Someone in the chat here. Mike L. in the chat says, bad throws to Watson. Not all bad luck, unfortunately. I'm still high on Watson. I am too. Um, I'll tell you, that catch he made last week was was phenomenal, man. It was a great catch. Horrible ball. And it's a, a great example of you, you know, talking about bad throws and just some uh, some bad luck there for sure. But, uh, yeah, Tim, disappointment for you, buddy. What do you think? Uh, I – other than our record, um, I <laughs> hey, that could be one, right? <laughs> um, no, if we're sticking with personnel, um, I guess I'll. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So, U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'll go back to the defense. Um, and it's not who, it's more about what. And I'll just say Darnell Savage. You know, we already knew we were in that situation where he's got the bag. You know, we paid him a lot of money. Um, he was going to start. Um, and then, you know, with injuries and setbacks, uh, I guess the disappointment comes from just him not being on the field. You know, Um now, granted, there's a silver lining in there because, you know, one of my favorites, we get to see Anthony Johnson Jr. a little more. One of your favorites, obviously, Rudy Ford uh, got to step up throughout camp and into the season. Um, and we're seeing, you know, more Jonathan Owens, some of these other guys that were brought in to, you know, carry the torch and, and fill that void back there. But, um, yeah, I think Darnell Savage, uh, his play has been less than stellar when he was healthy. So that's kind of disappointing, too. But he also had some a couple really good games this year, too, before before the injury. And as I've always said about Darnell is that he's a great teammate 
and a good locker room guy in there. Positive, yeah. positive impact on our locker room and in that, uh, in that safety room for sure. Um, working with a lot of these young guys in the secondary, but I think it's just disappointing that, you know, we're not going to see much of him. It looks like this year. Um, so that's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, $7 million, right. And, uh, kind of kind of makes you think that Goody had a pretty good idea of the market and they thought there were other people high on him. Um, and if they did let him test the market, he'd probably get, you know, he probably, they'd probably get outbid for him. Again, I was of the opinion, let him walk, but he come back and uh, you get a good deal on him. Great. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I can understand that being a disappointment too, for sure. Bleed green. Thank you so much uh, for the donation there, buddy. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep an eye out in case you meant to put a super chat in there uh, just in case. Let's see. Robert Allen in the chat said, we still haven't seen love string together a series of throws like he did in the Philly game last year. That would be progress. Completely agree with that. He says, Bryce really struggling. Carolina's crying about missing out on Stroud. King over T.J. Watt could be a long cry. Uh, I'm sorry to have T.J. Watt on the screen. I didn't even think about it, but there he is, right? <laughs> Guys, we got to live this thing down at some point, though, right? No way, Tim. It ain't we happening. Can't, we can't just – I mean, like, do we have to wait until Watt retires for this to, to be over with? <laughs> you know? Hey, we, we heard Carrington Valentine say, right, short memory, guys. Even when good things happen, even when bad things happen, we got to let go. We're not – T.J. Watt's not going to be a Packer. <laughs> the ship <laughs> has sailed. I'm sorry. And, um, you know, say what you want about Kevin King, but, uh, you know, he had his moments. We'll just leave it at that. I mean, he yeah. wasn't – it wasn't all bad for Kevin King, just just mostly bad, I guess. Right? Yeah, Ryan did a good job of kind of uh, documenting that whole thing, right, because people did make – Kevin King out to be like the worst player in the league. Now, listen, you know, I understand exactly what Robert Allen's saying here in the chat. Tim, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you the question. If we could redraft tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we take TJ Watt, of course. I mean, so I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with anyone there. All yeah. I'm saying is, guys, like. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, we can't hold on to that that energy. Well, if we would, you know what? The, it's the same thing with Tony Mandrich and Barry Sanders, right? Oh, How God. long have Barry. we still hear about this? Yeah. Right. So Feel it's like, it. I don't want, I don't want to do that again, guys. We got to get past it. Yeah, no doubt. Y'all better watch it, man. You, you keep bringing this up about TJ Watt. My man, Tim, he, uh, he's, uh, he's in here. Chip, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch I'm telling you, I don't know what he's got in that cup over there. Now I think it is a great point, but I understand what you're saying too, Tim, for sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Paul Robertson says the owner in Carolina intervened in draft process and demanded Bryce Young while management wanted Stroud. You know, Ooh, it's funny that you, we had problems in our office. It's funny you bring that up, Paul, because, you know, as as I was reading that, I'm going, I do remember them being high on Stroud. Remember, uh, it was Josh McCown, right? Actually dapped him up when he was visiting. And uh, there with the team, he said, hey, man, looking forward to playing some hoops, shooting some hoops with you down here, like as if they were going to take him. Now, here's the thing about, I think it's uh, – Tepper, is that his name? Um, one of the wealthiest men in the in the, you know, he I think he's the second wealthiest owner in the league, if I remember correctly. He he's gotten all the success that he's gotten in his life. He is a guy that that operates with a chip on his shoulder. There was a story that um someone that that kind of crossed him on his coming up, right? Um, I, I don't know all the details of their their business dealings and what went sour. But essentially what he ended up doing was buying the guy's house after he 
pretty much made it. He bought the guy's house and had it destroyed, had it basically just tore it to the ground. He's that kind of guy, right? Man. And he's one of those guys that he does things his way. He's, I think if there's an owner in the league that's closest to Jerry Jones in his prime, and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go find some documentaries on Jerry Jones back in the 90s, at late 80s, early 90s. He came in, a wildcat driller, and that dude flipped the league upside down. Basically, the league said, look, we're all going to wear the same stuff. We're all going to have the same endorsement deals. Jerry said, no, I want Nike to represent the Cowboys. And they were like, you can't do that. The very next day, the very next game, I think it was Monday Night Football too, he had the CEO of Nike on the sideline with him just to rub it in the other owner's faces. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was that kind of guy. I get that same kind of vibe from Carolina's owner for sure. I don't know if that's a good th- – I think it's a good thing as a businessman. It's just at the same time, what do you know about football? You know what I mean? And right. Why and what does that talking? say to your staff when you pay someone or bring someone in to do a job and then you undermine their expertise throughout the process? Right. All right. you know? It's just another reason that I'm so glad the Packers don't have an owner, man. I'm just being real about it, but uh, that's uh, I love our setup for sure. Uh, Togrel, thank you for the super chat. It says Kenny Clark got the contract and went airplane mode. You know, Togrel dropping two dollar bombs today, man. Hey, I love Kenny Clark as a person. I think his story is amazing. I think he's a great human being. I think he plays hard. I don't think I don't think you ever see a play where he takes a play off. So when you say airplane mode, I definitely, you know, I disagree if that's what you mean, but there's no denying that he has not performed the last three years. Ever since ever since Mike Daniels was next to him in the gap, he hasn't performed, you know. Um, and and there's a lot of people that refuse to believe that. And they're the same people who have podcasts and they make fun of people for watching the tape, right? Right. But uh it is what it is, man. When you when someone's got a $27 million cap hit, you listen, you've got to go out there and play like one of the top three at your position. If you don't, then that's a bad move. It's that simple. Um, they moved them off the nose starting, I believe, before last year. A lot of people were a little late to the party to that. They, they seem yeah. to think it just happened last year. And it's like, no, they had already started to do that. They already started to, to move him off the nose and move him around and try to get some separation, try to get him in that three tech, try to get him singled up on the outside shoulder of a guard with the center having to occupy the one tech on the opposite side. Um, but he's definitely underperformed. There's no doubt about it. Now, when he flashes and you see him, Tim, he looks good. But yeah. it, they, especially in the running game, it's just uh, – He's kind of struggled in the running game. And I think we actually looked at it the other day. I'll pull it up real quick. I believe I've still got it here. Yeah, in our base defense, it should show. Yeah, his PFF grade is 56.7 right now. So, And uh, we actually have an updated PFF. I, I didn't download them, but it is showing it like with Ballantyne, which you see Jair Alexander with the 65.6. Ballantyne is actually 66 is what he's graded. He's graded higher than both Ballantyne and Alexander. So, Let's uh, let's give him a shot. You know what I mean, and see if he can he can put it together. But again, Kenny Clark, um, I don't know about airplane mode. Although it's funny comment, like you said, he's dropping two dollar bombs in here. Tober was, but uh, what do you think, man, Kenny? It's uh, it's tough, man. I think I, I just don't know how it's going to play out, Tim, moving forward. And, and sure enough, I deleted the no, no, I got it right here. The contract information that we can hit on if you want to, as far as next year's cap hit. But any any thoughts come to mind there with Kenny? No, I can't really say much that that you didn't already hit on. You know, um, again, Kenny is a good, is a great person. Um, had the ability to spend a little time uh, watching him work up close over the summer. Um, he does bring a sense of leadership to this locker room and to that to that defensive front. Um, 
with a lot of the, the young talent that we do have. But yeah, at this level, man, you're right. It's a business. And if you're not producing, if you're, you're not executing and you're demanding a big, big chunk of paycheck. Yeah. It's, it's time for an organization to reassess what's going on. Um, like you said, we can, we can get into the numbers, but um, you know, that, put it this way, it's almost that that's probably the mo- more uh, holding more weight in this situation than uh, Kenny's actual play on the field, because it, it hasn't really been there as much these past couple of years. Um, but Hey, you know, he could break out and have a hell of a game at any point here and uh, start playing at a high level again. Um, but yeah, you know, Kenny's been through a lot of things um, in his life personally recently. And of course, uh, you know, physically too, you know, your body does break down as you, you know, grind through a career, especially playing in the trenches like these guys do. So not making excuses. Tape doesn't lie. You see it. You got to say it. This is not the same uh, Kenny Clark we've, we've been used to. And um, we'd like to see him improve. But, um, you know, we're going to have tough decisions to make going into next year for sure. So, I, you know, the best case scenario, I'd like to see him end this year on a high note. Yeah. I really no would. Josh Martin, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says, uh, Packers fans crying about Watt PFF. Remember, the Bills could have had Mahomes and Jefferson, but trade both those picks away. It could be worse, people. You know, there's there's misses all across the league. The other one with Pat Mahomes, too. Didn't the Bears take Mitch Trubisky over Pat Mahomes? Am I thinking right? Yeah. That was oh, yeah. Well, we are, but that's that's we can't we can't laugh at that. The Bears don't know how to draft. We know that. <laughs> we know you don't that. get any pleasure hey, out of making how many, that bad. <laughs> how many starting quarterbacks? Let's just start with quarterback. Oh, uh, but I, I also like I don't think he was saying PFF. I think that was supposed to be uh I think that was his little sound effect. Packers fans crying about what? Remember the Bills could have had Mahomes and Jefferson, but true. Right. I said PFF like every single time. I'll tell you what, man. I, uh, no, but that I, I totally no, agree. No, it's bad, Tim. I tell you, I get I get zoned out over here. People would think I'm on the on the devil's lettuce or something, oh, man. On that lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, there there are misses everywhere. There's no doubt about it, man. Um, yeah. Uh, I like this right here. Paul Robertson said, Jerry Jones tried to go rogue and become the Yankees before baseball had a salary cap. You know what's really cool? Another thing that Jerry Jones did, I'm not trying to turn this into a Cowboys podcast, but if you guys haven't watched Jerry Jones of Football Life, it's worth a watch. It's really good. It is really, really good. Um, but one of the things that he did, Tim, uh, you know, they were having to sub out uh, these these companies to come in and kind of cater the football games, right? The concessions and all that stuff and, and buying the food, right? You got to have suppliers to buy the food from. He actually got with George Steinbrenner and who owned the Yankees at the time, obviously was, was still with us. And what he did was they got together and said, why don't we create a company that actually manages the food? So <laughs> he, they both went in business together and they bought the stadium food off themselves to make even more profit. It's just, that's what Jerry Jones does. And if you're a big fan of business, like I am like that stuff, just gets your gears turning. And there's so many opportunities around us every day. And we're taught from a young child that, listen, guys, this is, this is what you've got to do. You've got to go make good grades. You got to go to college. You got to listen to your guidance counselor and make sure that they get you in the right spot so you can go get a four-year degree and go in debt above your eyeballs, okay? And then when you get out, um, then you can decide what you want to do. What? You go spend – I don't even know what college costs nowadays. 
30 grand, 60 grand, 80 grand, whatever it is. A, a semester. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And not even know what it is you want to do with your life. Like it should all start with what are you passionate about? What what can you say if I did that every day of my life, I, I would feel like I didn't even have a job. Right. That type of thing. Um, I just I love seeing young people, especially the light come on and go, wait a minute. I have the opportunity to to write my life on paper and say, here's here's what my life's going to be. Rather than other people saying, oh, you'll figure it out, but you got to go to school. You got to go do this right now. And I'm not knocking college. I would have went to college if I got a full scholarship. They told me it was a 50 scholarship, 50 percent scholarship to play baseball at Tennessee Westland. I went, what's that mean? It means you got to pay for 50, 50 percent of the tuition. I'm like, kidding me, dude. Like our power got cut off last week at the house. Do you think I can pay? No, and and I'll never forget. I don't mean to go on. How, how am I supposed to pay fifty percent of the tuition if I'm playing baseball and going to school? Right. And Where, where's I, the money coming from? Exactly. I will never forget. Um, when I when I said that to our school school uh, counselor, which she she wore many hats, great lady, great woman. I'll never forget her looking at me and go, Clayton, you can. There's loans for that. I'm like, you think I'm gonna go in debt? <laughs> to go to school you've lost your mind so long story short i was uh i was i remember moving a good friend of mine helped move him up uh from from school um he graduated college and uh moved him into his new apartment and he didn't even have money to buy a tv i had been working for four years and making a ton of money just working with a high school education but um i don't know it's just something about I just love seeing that light come on in people's eyes and, and having a vision for what they want their life to be. I'm a sucker for that type of stuff. Um, and I know people probably think it's cheesy, but that's just the way it is. Uh, Robert Allen said, I wasn't crying about TJ. I was saying Stroud pick will live in infamy in Carolina. Uh, it's early. It's early, Robert. But as of right now, if Stroud keeps playing the way he is, what is it, Tim? 14 touchdowns, one pick? Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, I mean, something insane. insane. Madden, Madden number type insanity. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, Drew D in the chat says, I think we overuse Clark because he played like 90% of the snaps for years. That's the other thing too. You know, he was, he came into league so young, right? So when you see that he's what, 27 now, I think he is. I think so. Yeah. Is it, you think, Oh, he's still young. Now that's a, there's a lot of wear on that. That's a 27 year old. That's probably beaten up like a 29 year old, you know? Uh, right. And then in a 27 and a 29 year old in NFL years, your body is like, you know, like us, like a 40, 40 plus year old physically. Those afternoon naps and nine o'clock cups of coffee to do a podcast. Right. That's <laughs> what that is right there. So um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Paul Robertson pointed out the Bears did trade up to get Mitch Trubisky. Uh, pretty wild. That's that's a tough there. swing yeah. and a miss. No doubt. Jake Shavink in the house said Green Bay could have taken Hurts. The Jets could have had Josh Allen. The Cardinals could have had Lamar. We could do this all month long, no doubt about right. it. And I guarantee you every single one of those teams wish they had done that, <laughs> right? That's the, that's the part that's the, the reality of the whole situation, right? Um, let's see here. Uh, Robert Allen agreed, Jake, but who did you like, Young or Stroud? I know who I liked, and I still, I still think he's going to be a great quarterback. It's just a mess down there. Um, I'll let Jake answer too, but – for me, Bryce Young is still everything I've seen. Bryce Young was the better quarterback. Now, we'll see if he can put it together once the pieces get put in place around him, right? But uh, right now, you can't – I had – the way i seen it, Tim, I had Bryce Young slightly ahead 
of CJ Stroud. Matter of fact, let me pull it up here. I thought uh, I thought you were going to say you know who I like. I thought you were going to say Will Levis. <laughs> well, I, I actually did. It's funny you mentioned it. So here we go. <clears throat> this is my draft board, okay, from last year. So if you'll notice, uh, I don't have the yeah, I do have the grades. So if you'll look in the D column there, right? Notice how it says negative two point six. The lower the number, the higher the grade for me. Don't ask how I do it. Uh, we the show's not long enough for me to explain. Okay, um, but I had Jalen Carter number one in the negative two point six. Um, at number two, I had Bryce Young at negative 1.3. So basically, the tiers come in five-point increments, okay? So these guys are in tier one. Tier two starts, and it goes from one point to five point to 4.9 points, okay? So in tier two on my board, I had Will Anderson and Christian Gonzalez. Then in tier three, I had C.J. Stroud um, and then uh, Will Levis in that same tier there as well, Okay. And then you got to go down significantly to find the next quarterback. Or no, you don't. Anthony Richardson's right there as well. We we all kind of seen him pop this year a little bit. I think that's all the quarterbacks that popped up. Yes. Yeah, so those four, that's how I had it. Now, with that being said, um, when I had a listener, Tim, they actually messaged me, right, and said, hey, how would you grade these quarterbacks? I told them I don't grade the quarterbacks. There's, there's specific people that I trust more than others with scouting information. There's like five factors that I put into my scouting board, and it's all people. It's it's designed to remove the noise of the combine until the combine hits. So I want true on-field evaluation first and foremost. I could care less what someone does in their underwear on turf indoors with no other elements and no one chasing them, right? That's just kind of the way I see it. So compiling all that information together – I usually don't go, this is the guy I like the most. I'm taking other people's opinions and putting it into a database. Now, when the listener asked me to do it, I went through and watched the tape and judged all four. I actually, in my notes, put Bryce Young, number one, C.J. Stroud, number two, in parentheses, C.J. Stroud is the better passer. That's what I came up with. So it was, can C.J. Stroud translate to the the next level? I feel like Bryce Young is kind of built for it. And that doesn't mean you're going to have success right out of the gate. Obviously, what what determines that's the the people around you, the coaches around you, the scheme around you, all those things. You might be catching a scheme that's cooling off, right, Tim? And then you know we kind of seen it with Lafleur's scheme here here of lately. He's having to change things up a bit. So you can um, also look really good on your college film and then get to the big show and crash and burn. You know, not saying either of these guys have done that because clearly they haven't. But Mm -hmm. you know. Looking at film is is tough because the minute you strap on your big boy pants and play in the NFL, nobody gives a rip what you did in college anymore. It's all about what have you done for me lately. So, yeah. you know, it's always fun to watch the, especially the quarterbacks. You know, their their career ascent. So uh, time will tell with these guys. But um, you know, I think Stroud is uh, looking pretty good right now for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Jake Shavink said he liked both of those quarterbacks. Um, Let's see. Uh, we'll come back to that, Carly. Ray. Let's uh, finish this real quick. Uh, Jake Shavink says, uh, Young, which is a giant L so far. Yeah. And, and again, though, what did Frank Rock do in Indy? Fell flat on his face, right? Got ran out of town. So it's hard for me to just say, okay, Bryce Young, you know, he's a flop, right? And not that Jake's saying that. I'm just kind of talking out loud here. Um, I don't think Frank Rock's, Rock's a good coach. You know, I don't. I don't think he's a good leader. I don't think he's a good coach. Uh, you know, you, you take someone like Bryce Young and put them with Doug Peterson, right? Put them with uh, Kyle Shanahan or somebody like that. I guarantee you Bryce Young's balling out. That's just me personally. I could be wrong, though. 
for sure. Um, let's see here. Carly Ray in the chat said, I've been wanting to start my own business, but been too scared of the commitment and process, but I've always ended up with crappy bosses. Uh, Clayton's inspiring me over here. You know, it's kind of like putting together a budget, Carly. Um, anytime I've sat down with several people to help them put together a budget, you know, their finances were a wreck. And we sit down. I love looking them in the eye. This is I've, I've probably done this with about a half a dozen people. I look them in the eye, Tim, and I go, you know that feeling you feel right now? It sucks, don't it? Like your finances are a wreck. You don't know what you're going to do, right? I said, think about it real hard. Take Just take 10 seconds to think about it. It's all about the change. When we get up from this table, you're, it's going to be like a 1,000 pounds of lifted off your shoulder. It's going to feel like you've gotten a raise because we're going to cut out all the nonsense that you're wasting money on, that you don't even realize you're wasting money on. Um, it's kind of that same mindset, Carly. It, it seems scary starting your own business side because I'm telling you, the system is set up to make you think that. But when you go out on your own and you realize just how easy it is, if you're passionate and you're willing to work, if you're not willing to work, it ain't going to work just like anything in life. When you get out there and you do it, you, I, I'm telling you, man, I look back sometimes and I go, how in the world did I ever work for another human being? I don't know how I did it. You know, it's just it's very, very relieving. That's uh, that makes sense. So let's get back to the Packers. Larry in the chat says, uh, hasn't Kenny Clark generally played better in the second half of the seasons? I think there is some truth to that, Larry. The two players that come to mind for me, Tim, is uh, A.J. Dillon and Kenny Clark. Seems like they do turn it on a little later in the year. Let's hope that happens, right? Is, is that how you remember it playing out? I, I think Larry's Larry's got a point here. Yeah, there's certainly that feeling. Um, even as, these last couple of years with uh, the struggles that we have, I think some of his best, um, certainly his best tape is, comes in the later parts of the year. Um you know, I do think about, uh, you know, the 2021 season was was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I believe Kenny did play a lot better ball in the second half of that season. So, you know, who knows? There's a lot of ball left, right? You know, we've got a lot of football left um, until we don't, of course. You know, these next uh, few games are going to fly by pretty quick. But, um, yeah, you know, and you're right, A.J. Dillon, too, of course, man. That's a cold-weather back. He, he likes playing uh, December, you know, November-December football. So, um, but yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Kenny does seem to step it up in the second half of the season. I think, you know, with him being a little banged up this year and being kind of off and on in and out, um, limited snaps with uh, the issues that he's had physically, I think as he gets his legs under him again, he's going to be hungry to come out here and perform. Um, and especially watching the guys, young players that he's worked with this off season and preseason, seeing some of the success that, uh, you know, some of these guys are having up there. TJ Slayton in particular, I think that inspires a guy like Kenny. So, you know, you, you made the comment about Jair uh, wanting to play with uh, Valentine. You know, it's the same thing with Kenny. I think, you know, you see the, the young guys out there banging heads and you want to get out there too and uh, give it your all. And, you know, you, you said that just a few minutes ago, it's never been an effort thing with Kenny Clark. This guy's never shown up, not, not giving a hundred percent on the field. It's right. just, you know, what is your 100%? you know, what is that producing for us? So I think Larry's right. Second half of the, of the season could be uh, uh, the upswing for Kenny Clark in this defense. Yeah. And when I went back and looked at it here, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 2022, his worst games of the season, Larry was spot on week eight, 37.9 week nine, 32.8 week 10, 47.1. Then it goes 65.5, 46.3, 63.2, 69.5, 61.6, 89.9, 76.4. Definitely his his uh, two of his best games of the season 
came in week 17 and 18, and his three worst games of the season were right smack dab in the middle. So I think there is a lot to what you said there. And again, that's that's according to PFF, Larry. Obviously, it's not uh, not the tell all end all, but I think it's a great tool nonetheless. So um, let's see what else we got here in the chat. Um, here we go. Bill in the chat says, I always advise young people to follow their passion. Unfortunately, the pressure from our culture makes them follow the money, which inevitably will result in misery, man. It's uh, it's tough. Again, I think when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be sitting there going, you draw your last breath. I have a hard time believing anyone's going to go, God, I wish I'd have made more money. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, I think it. I think there are some people that chase their dreams that are probably a little more at peace thinking, heck yeah, dude. That, that was, what a hell of a run. That was a hell of a run. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So yeah. uh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's see here. What else we got in the chat? Um, I like this. Paul Robertson says the mayor of Door County starts producing after daylight savings time. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, he's looked good here lately. And again, the run blocking has been absolutely horrendous. Uh, as we say on this show, booty cheeks. Um, so you, you kind of do what you got to do, right? Um, I'm hoping AJ can play himself into a contract extension that makes sense for the Packers. I'm not saying they should break the bank to keep him. I just want AJ Dillon to be a Packer long, t- long term. I love that dude. I think he's everything that's that's right about being a Green Bay Packer. I think he loves the area. I think he loves everything about Wisconsin. Wisconsin's embraced him. He's embraced Wisconsin. I think it would be awesome to have him stay in Green Bay. Um, how do you feel about uh, AJ right now, Tim? Do you do you do you kind of feel like, hey, I, I want him back for the right price, or is it something you think I I probably be okay with moving on? Um, I've been on the fence. Um... You know, because all those things you said are true. You know, he's a total, he, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's a Wisconsin guy through and through right now. And, um, you know, loves playing in Green Bay. Um, but we always talked about it. All of that makes you feel warm and fuzzy and everything. But at the end of the day, you got to do your job and you got to produce on the field. And um, as of late, we've seen that the typical midseason towards the end of the season swing of uh, A.J. Dillon playing his best football. And you know what? That's fine. You know, we we don't need him to do much, but be consistent in this offense. Right. You know, that that's all we need you to do is be consistent, protect the football. You know, he's done that. Um, so if he continues to play consistent and continues to, to, you know, fill that role, I, I think, yeah, for a team friendly deal or a, a fair deal, let's, let's bring him back. You know, if it makes sense, absolutely. I don't want to run him out of town by no means, but I also don't want, yeah, we don't want a Darnell Savage um, situation here. <laughs> Right. We don't want to repeat that all over again on the the offensive side of the ball. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't want to see A.J. Dillon in Green Bay. Are you kidding? Of course. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we got another running back we'd like to see stay in Green Bay as well, too. So, yeah. So when you look at A.J. Dillon's PFF grade, starting with week one, this is how it's gone. 55, 66.9, 62.3, 56.3. And then, of course, we start to approach the daylight savings time, 72.8, 70.2, 64.2, 71.5. So definitely, uh, you know, his three best games came in the uh, in the last four-game stretch. Um, so let's see if he can continue to turn it on. Again, his PFF grade for the year is now up to 70.6, not bad at all. Uh, last year he finished with 81.4, the year before 86.7 and 81.4 his uh, rookie year. So let's hope he can get back up there in the 80s. And we'll see it on the field. We'll see it on the tape if it does happen. There's no doubt about that. Let's do this, Tim. Uh, we got a video we want to key up for you guys here. 
Um, this is, you know, we, we show a lot of Packers.com videos and kind of final thoughts and all that stuff. We've got the Packers final thoughts, but I thought it would be cool to dip into the Pittsburgh side real. So let's hear what Mike Tomlin had to say on their local show. They got like a two-minute clip of Tomlin kind of talking about the Packers and, and talking about some of the strengths. And oddly enough, we didn't mean to do this, but we played it perfect, Tim. Uh, he actually mentions A.J. Dillon being the closer in this video. So let's check, uh, let's check out uh, Mike Tomlin here. Well, the Steelers got some much-needed rest after playing their first Thursday night football game of the season. And under Coach Tomlin, they're 12-4 and after nine days rest, including 6-2 and at home. For more on how they can keep it going, it's time for your keys to the game presented by your neighborhood Ford store with Bob and Coach. Guys. All right. Thanks very much, Missy. Coach Tomlin, let's talk about, you know, the keys to the I don't want to be disrespectful, but my man right there looked a little sauced up. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> this one, because you definitely have a game at home. You want to win this game. It's a very competitive AFC North. Everybody seems to be winning at this point. Mm -hmm. Possession down football is big um, because it, it tees up the attrition component of play. Uh, we have two capable backs. They have two capable backs. Um, it's important that we convert third down so that we can allow our backs to, to make their presence felt on the game. And I imagine we better win some on the other side to minimize their two backs. Um, Dylan in particular, to, you know, him being a finisher. Uh, we played him up there two years ago in 2021. Um, I thought he wore us down at the end of the game. Um, and so possession down play, teeing up the running game component, the attrition component, I think is gonna be a significant kind of undercurrent of this game and your defensive line it should help quite a bit having cam back but also you have a uh, second round pick in there when he's been in there's been good how important is that that part of this game specifically the green bay we need them all um but but d-line plays big every week man without without the bigs up front man you don't have a chance of playing really good defense that's why we invest in in that position group the way that we do um but a lot of people do um, they got some quality talent in their front as well um, it's the National Football League. Um, there better be an investment there. If not, uh, you're going to be picking really early in the draft. One of the things you guys have done very well is the giveaway takeaway. You're plus eight, one of the best marks in the league. In a game like this, how important is that? You know, um, that's always our agenda. Um, so I'd be making it up if I act like it's super important this week. That is always our agenda. It's just a, a recipe for us in terms of how we construct victory. All right, Coach, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Will the steel All right. Clayton, you're on mute, buddy. I said, look, look at our guy right here, man. Tell me he ain't coming in hot. What's this guy? Thanks very much, Missy. Coach. Thanks very much. Um, I'm just saying, I think he's got a big coffee mug over there, too. Maybe. You see, uh, Missy, Missy uh, had her football outfit on, too, in that, in that report. <laughs> <laughs> don't you do this tim <laughs> um it's funny too look at paul robertson that hey, he's spot on with this tim absolutely oh spot. man oh Still my waiting gosh. for omar epps to star in the mike tomlin documentary they do they i i'm just saying i think omar epps' mama might have spent some time in pittsburgh we are <laughs> down in tampa way back in the day maybe uh wherever wherever he was uh no honestly omar epps is probably about the same age as tomlin because tomlin's pretty young but um yeah Anyway, we always got somebody. How dare you, Paul, suggest such a thing, right? He's like, man, all I said was he looked like him. You're the one saying they're running around cheating. Um, 
You got to love Mike Tomlin, though, man. Talk about a guy who just, you know, exudes football. That guy is football. Um, What's really telling is you can – I mean – Coach still had his whistle around his neck yep. during the during the press the press time. Um, you know, clearly his head is on football all the time. And you know, Mike Tomlin's probably forgot more football than I'll ever know in my lifetime. And yeah. uh it's just a it's a treat to just watch him. You know, yeah, that that was great right there, pulling that clip, Clayton, because it gives us some insight into the other the other side here. And to hear him speak about AJ Dillon being a finisher. And to see how AJ has turned it up these last probably three weeks here and is really finishing these runs and, you know, giving us that extra push. Like you said, we, you know, Dylan wore them down the last time we met. And, uh, you know, we're going to need to do that again tomorrow. And um, I think Coach Tomlin's right. It's going to be a, it's going to be a slugfest, man. This game is going to be won and lost on the ground tomorrow. I really believe that uh, both in the trenches and with our running games. So um, that was great insight, Clayton. I love it. Cool. Glad you did. Hey, I, this is what I loved about it. In the comments, if you can look at the very bottom, I'll read it for you, Tim. It's really small. The second comment on that video, there was only 15 comments. The second comment says, cheeseheads everywhere. <laughs> so evidently, they Packer fans are everywhere in Pittsburgh, which is a good sign. Man, let's get loud down there tomorrow. I know we got uh, Jim Tyson's going to be there tomorrow. He may call into the pregame show. We'll see, but uh, – Let's get loud. It's been over 50 years since we won a game in Pittsburgh. It's a long time, Tim. That is a long time. Um, trying to see who's winning this game here. I know Georgia, I think they were pretty much deadlocked, Georgia and Ole Miss. Of course, you got Brock Bowers. I know uh, uh, Jake Shavink's definitely uh, – Brock Bowers is number one fan down there tied in in Georgia. But I was also trying to see how Michigan and uh, – who are they playing? Michigan and Penn State? Is that right? Am I thinking right? Oh, that's a wrap. I believe Michigan got the dub. Did they? Okay, gotcha. Good yep. And uh, there's a, an emotional outburst from their interim head coach as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, the, you'll see the uh, <laughs> a few F-bombs on live television. No big deal. Nah, it'd be all right, right? <laughs> now you got me searching Twitter before we go off the air here. We might have to clean <laughs> that up. Um, let's see here uh, – there was something else I was going to hit on just now. Gosh, it left me. What you want to do the um, the uh, the uh, Matt Lafleur? Yeah, let's go to the Matt Lafleur. Per- well, actually, Packer, or do you want to do? Let's do the Packers daily final thoughts real quick, and then I'm going to comb through Twitter and see if I can find that Michigan coach real quick. That's <laughs> what you get on this show, guys. That's what you get. All right, here we go. Here's uh, this is from Packers Daily again. You can find it at Packers.com. You can find it on their YouTube channel. You can find it on Twitter for free. Just make sure you go give them a like, share it, all that good stuff. Here is uh, Wes Hockowitz and Mike Spoffer, what they had to say. Pretty much final thoughts on the game in Pittsburgh. Back on the road, it's off to Pittsburgh. The Steel City awaits. Packers and Steelers, time for final thoughts. All right, Weston, what's at stake? A winning streak, Michael. The Packers took care of business last week at Lambeau Field, finally getting that much-needed victory, and now they're looking to build upon that. It is a tough opponent. You're going to Pittsburgh for this one, and it's not going to get any easier, but if the Green Bay Packers can build some momentum here in November, get closer to that 500 mark. Yeah, and this game is all about winning one on the road again. The Packers haven't gotten a road victory since week one, the opener back in Chicago, and uh, the city of Pittsburgh hasn't exactly been kind. The Packers haven't won a game there in the regular Regular season since 1970. It's time to break that streak. Weston, who's heating up? Presented by Aurora Heated Apparel. Luke Musgrave, the Packers rookie tight end, I thought played really well, specifically in the second half. First, you had that 25-yard corner route. 
from Jordan Love. The type of play they've been kind of struggling to connect on, and then he finishes the game strong, 20 yards right up the middle of the field. His first career touchdown pass. Tight ends go so far in this league, Michael. If the Packers can have him do that again against Pittsburgh, could yield good results. And I'll go on the defensive side of the ball, but stick with the draft class. Seventh-round rookie Carrington Valentine. He was thrown into a big role last week right after the trade of Rasul Douglas. He hadn't played all that well at Denver, but he really showed up against the Rams. Multiple pass breakups, really, really aggressive. Jair Alexander popped up on the injury report again this week, and you just get the feeling that Carrington Valentine is going to be a guy this defense has to rely on against the Steelers. Wes, I say the Packers win this game if they protect the football and if they're the better team in the fourth quarter. This is how the Steelers are 5-3. and three. They are plus 8 in turnover margin, and they have had fourth quarter comebacks all season long. To win a game like this, you have to beat the home team at its own game. That's what it's going to take to get in the win column. I agree, Michael, and for the Packers, I think it comes back to run defense. That is sort of been the thing that has kind of pushed along this turnaround for the Packers' D. And you look at these last two weeks, 130 rushing yards allowed, allowing less than 2.3 yards per carry, I believe. They're going to be going up against a tough force in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, two guys that complement each other really well. But if Green Bay can stop that run once again for a third straight week, it makes life exceedingly easier for that secondary. No question about it. And with that, we'll sign off. All right, there you go. Um, they do such a good job over there, man. Love dude, Mike and Wes are awesome, dude. Yeah. You know, they those guys know football, and they they know this team. I love it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Looks like uh, here in the chat, let's make one final pass through before we wrap up. Larry in the chat says, I'd like to see Jordan Love just find his own way and sling it rather than trying to emulate Aaron Rodgers. You see a lot of Aaron Rodgers in him for sure trying to – throw off platform that that quick twist as he throws you know rather than just stepping into the throw um yep. you know that wasn't his natural throwing motion so not only has he got coaches trying to coach him on every little thing as far as the accuracy the the mechanical aspect but he also got some influence from Aaron you right and again I, I always refer back to what Steve Calhoun said his personal quarterback coach he said he'd catch him doing stuff that Aaron does and he go hey we can't do that. Aaron's an alien. Aaron can do that, but Aaron's an alien. All right, we can't do that. Um, so you want to emulate do- Aaron Rodgers? Uh, let's let's use the football IQ. Emulate that. Let's, there you go. Let's you know pre-snap, post-snap reads. Right. Um, you know, getting that, tricking that defense to adjust and get into a set that you you want them to be in. You know, things that Aaron Rodgers used to do. He used to play with defenses like they were a toy. You know, and. Uh, that's that's an uh, attribute I'd like to see. If we want to get any Aaron Rodgers game in Jordan Love, it's it's definitely that football IQ aspect, not the uh, not the um, off platform throw and the the pretty wrist flick. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think mechanics are. I, I don't know. I'm old school. I'm one of those guys, man. Hey, throw throw the ball however you feel comfortable throwing the ball, man. What's the best way to get the ball there? Um, I think it's you know you can do too much tweaking and cause damage to a guy's game i mean look at philip rivers man that guy had one of the ugliest passing oh, passing motions of all idiot. time and he idiot. played what 16 years 17 years in the nfl so you know yeah, mechanics he, are great but if you're if you're throwing to double covered guys it doesn't matter what your mechanics are he'd let that thing go and i every time i remember thinking it's never going to get there it's never going to get there and it always got there <laughs> look like a shot put man yeah Unbelievable. Jake Shavink in the house says Georgia's cooking tonight. So is Jaden Daniels. Um, yeah, so G- Georgia's up by a couple scores now on Ole Miss. 
Obviously, that's two top 10 teams going at it with several pro prospects there um, for sure. So uh, let's let's get ready to wrap this thing up. Tim, uh, you got any any parting thoughts and anyone else? You got anything else you need to add in the chat? Let's do it now. I'll try to get to it, but we're going to wrap this big bear up right now. Uh, final thoughts. Um, let's see. Going into tomorrow's game, um, run the ball. Oh, run the ball. That. We love run the ball. Run the ball and then run the ball some more. And then when the run gets stuffed and it doesn't look like it's working, you know what you do? You keep running the ball. That's what you keep doing. And then and then we get that beautifully timed signature Matt Lafleur play action boot call, and we take our shot. That's that's how we need to beat this team. And defensively, hey, rinse and repeat. Do exactly what you guys did last week. You know, create turnovers. Uh, don't be a liability out there. Play together. Communicate. And uh, keep going downhill because Pittsburgh is going to try to run this ball too. So I, I, that's my final thoughts, man. Run the ball. Stop the run. That's, that's how we win tomorrow. That simple. It's that simple. But it's not. But we want it to be that simple. No, <laughs> let's hope they can do right. it. Sure, Sounds simple over here from, from my cozy basement here in Green Bay, right? <laughs> right. Hey, it's better than walking out of somebody's house uh, early in the morning with no shirt on, though. You know what I mean? I'm hey! Names. I'm just saying. Hold on there. Uh, so <laughs> with that being said, we're going to wrap this uh, this thing up. Tim, I did get confirmation. Ryan's got uh, plans tomorrow, uh, busy with the family. So if you want to join me for the pregame show, that sound good? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Guys, we're going to we're going to do a pregame show in the morning. It'll be basically good morning Lambo, but it's going to be all the uh the latest information on the inactives, all that stuff right before game time. So uh we'll probably go live at um let's see, probably 11:30. Let's go. No, let's go 10:30 Central, 11:30 Eastern, okay? 10:30 Central. That'll run us up to about 30 minutes before kickoff. We'll get you guys all the latest information. That'll give everybody time as soon as the post-game show drops down. Everybody got time to go grab something to eat, grab something to drink, get in front of the TV, and get ready for the, the opening kickoff. So, uh, yeah, with that, I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys were awesome tonight. Give a special shout-out to all of the Super Chats, Josh Martin, Tallgrill, Bleed Green. Uh, you guys are phenomenal. Really appreciate you supporting the stream. Everybody, like I said in the chat, we appreciate y'all joining the conversation. Hope to have you back tomorrow for the uh, the pregame show. Um, also, uh, any YouTube members, uh, 11.59 p.m. tonight Eastern time is the cutoff, okay? All of our YouTube members will be put on the wheel that we're going to spend tomorrow during the postgame show to give away a Dave Robinson autographed jersey, okay? Uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, obviously played linebacker for Lombardi, going to give away an autographed jersey of his uh, tomorrow. So if you're not a YouTube member, just go to the YouTube page, click Join, become a member of the PTA posse and that'll get you into that drawing. So with that being said, really appreciate everybody's time. And for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. One more thing right here, Tim. You call me you want, <laughs> As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back up. The power sweep. Actually it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense.